Everyone, there are a number of cool things about our Christian faith that really sets it apart from any other religion in the world or in the history of the world. And one of those things is on full display for us today. In response to God's great works in history, God, of course, asks for faith. That's our primary response God asks for. But it's important to note that he doesn't ask for blind faith. Reason is what sets us apart from any other creature that God created. The ability to think that makes us different. God doesn't ask us to set that ability aside at any time, really. He doesn't ask us to set that aside. He respects that design. And he actually uses our ability to reason in order to enhance our faith, to enhance our hope, to enhance our love. I know that I was a teenager once, and in tricky situations. I know many of you were teenagers at one time. Some of you are teenagers. Some of you will be teenagers. And I did, as teenagers sometimes do, when in a tricky situation, I tried to lie my way out of it. As fun as it would be to tell you all about my best lies that I almost got away with, I'm going to skip that, skip those details. I would just suffice it to say that my dad was pretty good at sniffing those out, and then he would say, I was born at night, but not last night. (laughs) The last thing, when I was in those situations and trying to lie my way out, the last thing that I wanted from my dad was for him to ask too many questions or for him to use critical thinking to examine the story I was offering. In other words, I wanted blind faith so that I could get away with my lie. Everyone, God isn't a lying teenager, an untrustworthy teenager. He doesn't expect blind faith. So when everyone, when God sent his son as our savior, it's important to know it wasn't random. It wasn't dropped on humanity randomly with the command, here, believe it. Just take it on its face. God gave signs ahead of time. God gave general indications ahead of time of the place, the time, the identity, the parentage, the mission, on and on and on and on, so that we would be able to recognize who really was from God and who really was the Savior that he sent. Because of that, we can say that in a certain sense, Jesus was expected. Jesus was hoped for. Everyone, just to give you one more image for this, imagine a diplomat from a foreign country sent to the United States. Imagine that the United States uh, embassy had no idea that he was coming. All of a sudden, this guy shows up and says, I'm a diplomat from a foreign country. Imagine this diplomat had no papers that stated his identity or his purpose, nothing to show that he was, in fact, who he said he was. Imagine that this person, this diplomat, just had to say, believe me, trust me, I'm from Ireland. Listen to my accent. I'm a diplomat. He had nothing else to go on. Could we reasonably be expected to believe this person? I don't think so. And just like a messenger from a foreign country couldn't be reasonably believed, 
Neither could a messenger from heaven be reasonably believed if there was no indications beforehand that could announce his coming, his identity, and his mission. The cool thing about Christianity, everyone, is that we can claim that our messenger was expected, was hoped for, and God gave us signs so that we could recognize him. The Old Testament is literally full of hundreds of prophecies talking about God's messenger, talking about his Messiah, his Christ, and what he's like. No teacher of religion, whether it's the Buddha, Muhammad, Confucius, or what have you, no other religious teacher can claim the sheer number of prophecies made hundreds of years in advance that all coincide with their life and with their mission like Jesus can claim. Everyone, we had one example of a prophecy like this talking about the coming messenger from God in the first reading. It said, Therefore the Lord himself will give you this sign. The virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall name him Emmanuel. I have to believe that when the angel spoke to Joseph, and once Joseph got over this shock, this prophecy, which was uttered about 700 years before Jesus was born, where, is where his mind had to go. After he got over a shock, he had to go back to this and think about it. You see, Joseph actually had a place to go to see if this message that the angel gave him could pass the test. Hundreds of prophecies had been given. Is there a contradiction here? Does this pass the test? Is this a random foreign, foreign diplomat without a passport, without papers? Is this a lie? Is this a lie to go out of a tricky situation? Or is this what hundreds of generations of God-believing and God-fearing people had come to expect from God and, from, and through prophecy? Joseph didn't have to take it on blind faith that his wife had virginally conceived. It was predicted hundreds of years beforehand. Joseph also knew the Messiah was to be born of the tribe of David. And Joseph knew that his family was in fact descended from David. Joseph knew that the Messiah was to be born in Bethlehem, and he knew that his family home was in Bethlehem, and he would soon know that he was to return there with his pregnant wife to give birth because of the census that Caesar called. And on and on and on. Joseph had lots of places to go and look to see if this message could pass the test? Did it make sense? Is it what God predicted beforehand? Everyone, God asks for faith, but he doesn't ask for blind faith. Jesus was pre-announced. Joseph and the rest of humanity had a way to test these claims and see if they fit. God isn't a lying teenager or a random unexpected diplomat. God doesn't give us shaky ground to stand on. God doesn't give us shaky ground or unfirm foundations when he asks for faith. He gives firm ground. He gives firm foundations. 
so that when his Christ comes, we can receive him. And we can receive him with the greatest possible trust, the greatest possible faith and hope, and the greatest possible love.